Okay, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 6 as we continue in our study. And as you turn there, the Bible says, let me reread what we kind of briefly talked about for like 15 seconds, verses 1 through 5. The Bible says, My son, if you've become surety for your friend, if you have shaken hands in a pledge for a stranger, if you are snared by the words of your mouth, you are taken by the words of your mouth, so do this, my son, and deliver yourself. For you have come into the hand of your friend. Go and humble yourself. Plead with your friend. Give no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyelids. Deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter and like a bird from the hand of a fowler. The Bible is encouraging a few things here, but it is First of all, telling us to keep our word. When we say we're going to do something, and in this regard, it's discussing uh, money issues. You borrow money, you're in a pledge to keep of a loan with other friends, and you're kind of a witness, or whatever the case may be, then you need to keep your word, especially if you owe somebody something. Don't go dark. Don't ghost somebody on your text messages. All right? It, it's, it, what, what's happening is it, it's saying you deliver yourself from this situation by confronting the situation. You don't avoid it. Um, because it indicates that these people are hunters and you're the gazelle. I don't know what exactly it is, but... It would indicate, as the Bibles encourage us, that our reputations are important. Now, there is that worldly reputation where somebody just cares about what everyone thinks. And so they're trying not to offend everybody because they don't want people talking bad about them, slandering them. And they're all paranoid. I know you're talking bad about me behind their back. That, that's not the kind of reputation that the Bible encourages, especially it mentions in the New Testament, ministers should have a good reputation. Um, they should be men of their word, but not just that Christians should have good reputation. And it's not a reputation of man-pleasing. It's a reputation of sacrifice, love, and morality. Um, you are a person, when you say you're going to do something, that you do it and if the occasion arises where it is completely impossible for you to do it, you break a leg, you're in the hospital, somebody stole your money, for real stole your money, then you um, confront the situation with that person. And it could be a bank, it could be a friend, it could be parents, it could be children, it doesn't matter the case, you don't avoid it. Um, I have taken this passage of Scripture very seriously in my life. I hate owing people money. Um, and I have learned over the years that i got to be very careful when I borrow money. Because in my younger, more immature years, I would borrow money with all the intention of my heart and mind and strength to pay it back with really no end in sight. I don't know how I'm going to pay it back. I always had a plan, but I was going to pay back. I'll work for it. 
and then things happen and you can't pay back in time and you just go to that person, you humble yourself. It says it right there. I love when the Bible talks about humility. It says, go and humble yourself if you cannot fulfill your pledge, if you cannot fulfill your commitments, if you can't fulfill your loans. Humility to me is, I, don't, I, I, I think it's probably the bedrock. It's the chief characteristic um, of God is humility. His humility should blow all of our minds. Just in the fact that he loves us, that's humility in of itself. When somebody hates you, when somebody abuses you, when somebody slanders you, when somebody, did I just say a slander? I've been tired these last few days. When somebody slanders you, it is our very natural fleshly tendency to treat them badly. To, to, you know, if you're not directly slandering them back, when you see them next, you give them the cold shoulders, you say, you're just like, you know, and you make sure they notice the greeting ain't as friendly, it ain't as warm. And God, in his humility, visits a people, a race, a creation, a species that he created that as a whole has turned their back on him, completely rejected him from a childhood, as a baby born, just willfully all the time rejecting him, sinning against him, mocking him, blaspheming him, and he still comes to us. And this has been remarkable to me over the years. It's the very reason by which I can go to people who I know are whatever. They're slandering or gossiping or they've stolen from It's happened. And go and be nice to them. Say, hey, how you doing, man? We love you. I love you. I just want you to know that. And, and that kind of attitude does not come naturally. It doesn't come from me. It comes from the Holy Spirit that lives in me. Because my natural desires is to want to uh, slander people back, to hurt them, to, to whatever the case. And, and I have found that confronting the situation, don't go confront every situation. But when it becomes bad enough, confronting the situation... And pouring your heart out to people, and it helps. Amen. That was good timing. It, it helps the situation. Humility always produces fruit. Always. The most beautiful thing to me in all the world is humility. And I don't know if there's anything that makes me more angry than, than pride. Now, obviously, I have pride. I, I don't view myself as a humble man in any way. And by the way, I've dealt with this with so many 
people over the years in, in ministry. I, I, I know I look young, but guys, I've been in ministry, full-time ministry for over 15 years, full-time. And I've had a lot of people, a lot. It's shocking how many say, oh, I'm a humble guy. And by the way, that's like a joke. That's the start of a joke. Yeah, I, I mean, even Hollywood jokes about such stupid comments. You guys ever seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Drex thinks that, uh, is this so nerdy? Is it, it is, isn't it? Drex is like, ah, humility. I like it. I too am extraordinarily humble. The moment you think of yourself as humble is the moment you're not humble. Because you truly have not seen the humility of Christ, which is in this frame, in the frame that we are in right now in this body, is impossible for us to attain. It's impossible. Um, but humility is the most beautiful thing. It's beautiful. And listen, most, a lot of people aren't going to respond to humility in a wonderful way. If you owed somebody 100,000 shillings and you come to them in humility and be like, I am so sorry, I can't pay you when I said I could. They may yell at you. But guys, humility, don't have fake humility. I'm going to go apologize and they're going to receive it. And then when they get a, you get a bad reaction, you're like, I came to apologize. And this is the thanks I get. Don't do that. Remain humble. Stay humble. Be like, yep, you're right. I have apologized to people for wrongdoing, and they still yell at me. Just like, okay, yes, I deserve it. Keep it coming. Humility. Confront the situation with humility. If you ever have been interested in what pleases God the most, it's two things, two things, faith and humility. Those two things please God more than anything. Faith, humility, and love. But, but, but faith and humility, it says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And faith is saying, God, I know you've promised that you would provide for my needs according to your riches and glory. But right now, because I just got saved at Calvary Chapel, if I quit my job at TMT, I won't be able to pay rent. I won't be able to provide food for my daughter. But I know that it is not your will for me to work in that place. Don't finish out the week. Okay, I got to finish out the week to get my paycheck. No. No, 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 no. Lord, by faith, I'm going to trust that you will provide for me and my family. I'm leaving that job. Do you know what God is doing in heaven? It's just, guys, he's like, oh, yes. I, I got a blessing around the corner. It just, I have... I know God is faithful, and I know that when people do things like that, guys, you will see God work in mighty ways, in mighty, mighty ways. I, I've, I've witnessed it. Faith, and then humility. 
Just incredible blessing. The, the Lord, he looks down on people who are humble and he is their defender. He is their portion. It makes him so pleased to see faith and humility. So he's saying, confront the situation. If there is a situation, guys, you owe somebody money, you can't pay, you've been ghosting them. I'm trying to use modern vernacular. You know, you've been avoiding them. Whatever the case, you need to go humble yourself before that person. Don't even give sleep to your eyes. Last night, I owed, um, I went through some mail that's been on my desk for a couple weeks. I hadn't looked at it. Um, my office manager, Jody, brought it over from the States as she was getting to know the GCM staff here. And I'm looking through it at 11.30 last night. 11.30. I was tired. I'm up in my desk and I owe like, there are like four bills. I got to pay it. They're past due. I didn't even realize it. I don't even, my electricity's turned off in the States. How do I owe electric bill? They'll always get you. KPLC always gets us, you know? I, it's, I, you switch to tokens, it didn't work. It's like you owe more money now. I remember the early days, I was in KPLC more than I was in church. In lines, how is it that I owe 15,000? And it's the same question every time. You know these KPLC people are tired of people, you know it. They're like, did you get any new appliances? Don't tell me that that refrigerator costs 15000 extra a month. Have you guys ever lost your mind at KPLC? I have. In the early days. Last night, I was like all these bills. I can't sleep. And then my wife kicked me out of the room. Because she wanted to sleep. And I'm just saying that because I want you guys to know how much more spiritual I am than she is. <laughs> I'm not. She's watching on TV. I'm joking, Kelsey. It's a joke. She's, she was right. And so I go into the bathroom. This is the kind of verses that guide my life. And I'm sitting on the toilet, not using it. I'm sitting on it, <laughs> trying to pay my bills. I'm calling the electric company in the States. Why? Because, I, I don't know, it says don't give any slumber to your eyelids, no sleep to your eyes before you settle your debts. I, I'm going to take it literally. I'm going to take it literally. And, and so God, the, 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 God will make a way where there seems to be no way. That is something we've heard even in Africa our whole lives. And in the States, it's true. But it's only true when we do our part, by the way. And, and that's when we walk in faith and humility. Now, I'm going to move on, but I must say something. And, and I'm not trying to be offensive. I don't know if it's just with me or if it's with each other. But Kenyans are terrible at communication. Now, now if I'm wrong, you... you don't throw stones yet. You can come correct me after the service. But 
the way you guys speak to me, it's like, you're married? Yeah, it's like, how long have you been married? About four years. You've gone to the church for six years. Why didn't you tell me? It's just the craziest stuff. You wouldn't believe it. It's like, oh, how are you doing? Like, Who is this? It's my daughter. You have a daughter? It's like, You've worked for me for three years. <laughs> that was a shot at Preston. Sorry, man. <laughs> You've worked here for five years. What are you talking about? It's like, it's like there's this fear that drives instead of faith. <laughs> Sorry, Preston. I'm worse than him, guys. Yeah, thanks, bro. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? I thought we were friends. <laughs> you know, it's the craziest stuff. I can sit there and look at somebody and I can't read them. I'm better at reading Kenyans after 12 years, but I'm looking, I was like, you know, I was, <laughs> I was talking to this lady who's in the audience right now. I won't say names, editor. <laughs> this week, I'm like, hey, we want to we wanna do an internship for jobs. She's like, the look on her face made me think she didn't want a job. She's like, I'm like, you, you've been looking for a job for three years. You, you want a job, right? <laughs> I, I don't know how to read this. Editor, what's just talk to me. Talk to me. She's like, I'm not available on Wednesdays. <laughs> I'm not available on Wednesdays. <laughs> That's okay. Do you still want the job? Yes. <laughs> it's as simple as that. There's this fear of communication. Don't, you know it's true. And, and, and guys, if we just, if we, if we threw, threw down the fear and just walked in faith and just, we spoke, communicated. Um, I remember in the old days, this, it, it, it comes to mind because this guy that he, 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 I saw him at a wedding, he used to go to our church many, many years ago. And I remember this guy, he just lived in fear and paranoia all the time. And, and I kind of noticed after a few months, this guy's mad at me about something. And I went up to him. I was like, hey, bro, you seem upset a lot lately. Are you okay? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. It's just like, uh, no, it's like, I'm, I'm, I feel like I need to dodge spears when I preach on stage. Are you okay? When you preached 18 Sundays ago, I know you were talking about me. I was like, bro, uh, what did I say? And he told me I was saying, it's like, no, I remember when I said that your, your, your name wasn't even in my mind. I wasn't even thinking about you. I know you were. You know, he walked away. It's like just, it, he would have saved himself 18 weeks of trouble if he would have came and talked to me right after it happened. Guys, we got to be better communicators. We got to talk to people. And we got to be humble. 
Do you know how wicked it is to hold grudges? Do you know how evil it is to hold grudges against people? Just stay mad at people? Don't even tell them? Just, you just, yeah. I, I am constantly bugged by, by the lack of greetings that people will give. Just, you know, I don't know what they're going through. I, I'm not mad at them. Just like, man, maybe they're going through something. Maybe they just got some bad news. I don't know. But guys, we need to treat not just those whom we like and whom we love kindly. We need to treat our enemies with grace and mercy and kindness. If we did that just in our church, do you know how much more peaceful of a place this would be? No, no animosity, no grudges, no continued hurt feelings, no offenses. You just walk in and you're cool with everyone. And even your enemies, you're like, <laughs> give me a hug. You want to creep your enemy out? Go give him a hug, a really good hug. It's probably creepy. I've done it before. You go and you hug like, nope, just hold it. Just hold it. Okay. I, I make it a point to do it to even my enemies. Not that I have enemies here. I'm just saying that, that people who perceive me as an enemy. I have no enemies here. I love people. We ought to be kind. No grudges. Communication solves that. That's what the Proverbs are encouraging us. Communication solves these issues. I, uh, I had a family member recently told me they, they, he never wants to speak to me or my family ever again, my children. I called a family member on, on FaceTime. We're like, hey, the kids, hey, uncle, you know. And I could tell he was upset. And I'm like, okay, let's take him off of FaceTime and go up in my room. He said, you have a choice. You can either do this or never speak to me again. I don't want you calling me. I said, are my kids allowed to call you? No. Afterwards, I text message. I'm trying to bring some sort of calmness to the situation. I said, does this mean we can't hang out for Christmas anymore? <laughs> Listen, I'm not trying to be sarcastic. My point is, I want to still reach out to people even when they're mad at me. Am I offended? Yeah, I'm offended too. But guys, communication. He, he's calling us to communication through the power of faith and humility. Communication through the power of faith and humility. It's very important. Moving on, it says in verse 6, Go to the ant, you sluggard. That's like a classic line when you're trying to get somebody out of bed, you know? It's like, consider the ant, you sluggard. I used to do that teen challenge I realized I was being more of a curse to my brothers than I was being a blessing. Consider her ways and be wise. Why is now, okay, wisdom is a her, all right? Beauty is a her in the Proverbs. And now the ants are hers. What is up with God's affinity to women? We need to call the Democratic Party to give us this injustice of not being plural. 
I am joking. I despise that party. Consider her ways and be wise. Maybe the Lord knew that every Kenyan woman was the one carrying everything and not the men. Sorry. Not, the men in this church are different. But guys, have you ever seen it? You've witnessed it, right? I had one of our pastors. He's no longer a pastor. So it's none of you guys. He wanted to introduce me outside the church in town one day. And it was when I was a little rougher. I'm not as rough as I used to be. But he goes to introduce me to his pastor friend. He's like, hey, this is my pastor friend and this is my pastor. His wife was behind him. She had a basket on her head. She was carrying like five bags of groceries of peach in each arm. And she's balancing as she walks. And I says, is this your wife? He's like, yeah. I said, why are you carrying those things and you're making her? His hands are empty, just the car keys. I don't like it. Now, that's not every Kenyan guy. So scratch that prior comment. But she is a her in this proverb, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her, her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? That's to take rest, to sleep. When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. We get together, a group of us guys, every morning to work out. Um... And we work out, and if you've if you ever seen Pastor Adoya, you know genetics aren't fair. I've been working out like a decade longer than him. And his arms are like this, this much bigger. I've, I've been doing core, well, you don't need to hear this. I'm not going to tell you about Peter's body, okay? Becky wouldn't appreciate that, guys. We work out every morning. After 15 years, basically, of working out, I still want to sleep in and not get up to work out. I'm just like in my bed, like, do I got to get up? But I'm telling you this, guys. Hard work forever pays off. And, and, and that's a poor example, especially spiritual hard work. A lot of people get this impression that the Spirit of God doesn't operate through hard, hard work. That it just falls upon people and there's natural blessings, kind of like a turtle dove is going to fly down a bank statement and deposit 100,000 shillings in your bank account. And if you go to different churches around the world, especially in Africa where the prosperity gospel flourishes, you'll discover that that is essentially some of their teachings. That you just pull out your wallet and you start talking to it. You've never been so rich, wallet. And you manifest the prosperity that you're going to get by speaking money into your wallet. And if you think I'm joking, I have recordings at my house through different seminars, one called A Call to Discernment, where Laura Lamb, a prosperity gospel word of faith proponent out of America, t 
told the congregation to pull out their wallets and begin to speak to their wallets. Confess that your wallet is going to be filled with money. And it, it, isn't it a wonder that the whole room doesn't empty out right there and say, this woman's got to be the dumbest woman I've ever heard in my life. Speak to your wallet. I think about these guys this last couple weeks. We have guys working around. Now, we're all working real hard, our staff, but we also have some masons that we've hired. I think about this Josic guy. He's been our mason for, golly, six, seven years now. He's a humble guy, such a humble guy. Some of you know Josic. He's been fixing the floors. This guy works hard. And you know what's interesting is his profession is looked down on by Kenyans, being a mason. It's look, he's looked down on. It's like, oh, he's getting his hands dirty. Look how rough his hands are. He does the cement. He builds the stuff. This dude is making more money than 90% of anyone in this room. Now, I'm not trying to offend. I'm just telling you, this dude is making money in Kenya. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of shilling a month. And he's in such high demand because he does so good work that he's got jobs everywhere. Sometimes they'll call him. He can't even come for two weeks. I'm like, what are you doing? So I'm working. And they work hard. By the end of the day, him and his crew, they'd make some of the guys in our church pass out by lunchtime and cry. I'm tired. Not all the guys, just some of them. And I... And these guys are like ants, all day long, just working, making that cheddar. I mean, they're pulling it in, guys. And some people, they graduate university, and they went two, four, six, eight years. Some of them get these tourist degrees, you know, it's like, you got a what degree? Tourism. What? You went to school for two years because of tourism? And, and, and now because they have a degree, they can't move cement. They can't get down and start digging holes in the ground. Why? Because they're, they're like, I'm looking for a job. I'm just looking for a job. It's like, really? I have 18 people working on the property right now. Do you want to dig a hole? Oh, I'll do anything. It's like, all right, here's a shovel. They're gone after a day. You don't see them anymore. They don't even come back to church because of communication. They're like, yeah, he gave me a, a shovel. I'm not going back to that church. Guys, I am telling you, you don't think there's work in Kenya? There is work in Kenya if you're willing to, what, to, to do work that society says is not uh, good enough. There is work. Now, I know people go through rough patches and they go uh, uh, several months without a job or whatever the case. I know that. I'd hire a woman to dig a hole just as much as a man. 
like, yeah, I'm just looking for a job. It's like, yeah, you want to dig a hole? It's just, I'm telling you. Uh, there, uh, women can be peaky drivers even. Is that okay? I don't see them. Why aren't they there? I'm sure a lot more guys would want to get on a peaky with a woman than another man. <laughs> it's the creepiest thing. I used to... I used to, uh, <laughs> I used to have a peaky for like years, years and years, riding around. You would be shocked how many guys would get on the peaky and wrap their arms around me. It's like, don't touch me. Don't, don't, don't do that, bro. <laughs> that's, that's not going to fly here. Consider the ant. I mean... I am convinced that if churches, let's just start with churches. I mean, the hard work in any sphere, whether it be business or church or family, whatever the case, but, but churches, if churches staff worked a 40-hour work week, just a 40-hour work week, which we put in about 50 hours here, I guess, I, I'm guessing, maybe more, maybe less, sometimes I don't know but never less than 40, if they did that, they would find amazing things happening in their church. Amazing things. It's like, we got nothing to do. It's like, yeah, we do. We're going to repaint everything. It's like, really? We just did that two months ago. Yeah, but we got nothing to do. And, and I want people to walk in this ministry and see people working every day, except for the Sabbath we take, which is on a Monday for us. And staff, isn't those Mondays like one of the best days of the week? You wake up, you're like, oh, thank God. But by Tuesday, you know what? I want to get back to work. I can't take two days off. I don't like it. Vacations are very hard for me. I don't like vacations. Last time I, um, we were going we to do a, um, just a couple days in Naivasha, before we got on the plane to go back for our last visit to the States. And Kelsey, this drives Kelsey nuts, but we get there and after one day I'm like, hey, Preston, Peter, you guys wanna drive up to Navash and shoot some videos for GCM? So yeah, sure, we're coming now. It's like, yes. Go up to Kelsey, I'm like, um, Kelsey, I know we're on vacation and everything, but we're gonna shoot some videos for GCM. She's like, what, like with your phone? No, uh, Peter, Malcolm, and Preston are driving on their way right now. <laughs> I'm not kidding. What's wrong with you? <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> and, 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 and she keeps on like, she's like, you can't call Preston at 11 o'clock at night. And she doesn't realize Preston is as sick a person as I am. Like, Preston, you awake? Yeah. <laughs> Why? I'm working. Now, I'm not saying that's the most healthy thing. We need to rest. But uh, what I am saying is consider the ant. And I guess that's what the Bible's saying. Because, guys, there are things that need to get done. 
Do you know if you read 10 books a year back in the 1800s, you would not be able to carry very good conversations with people? Um, back in the 1800s, especially your average university student, because they read books back then. Jonathan Edwards could speak Latin, Greek, Hebrew by the time he was seven years old. And you think he's brilliant because of that? He was brilliant, but a lot of the people, most of the kids in his school could do that. You read one book a year nowadays, you're going to be one of the most brilliant people in your friend group. Because that's how much people don't read. I'm going to just give one of my pastor's quotes. We need to get off of Facebook and get our face in a book. Because people are dumb. It's like, hey, uh, you ever go up to young people, try to talk to them? It's like, hey, man. What do you think about the, the, what's going on in Russia? What's Russia? <laughs> what, are you serious? It's like, do you know who the Kenyan vice president is? It's like, yeah, it's, it's uh, President Obama. You, you think I'm kidding. People don't know things. They don't know things. It's like, do you know who, you know, the Apostle Paul is? Yeah, he is a great pope, a great pope. Just the most random things. People don't know things. You ever find yourself, people, the, the, I'm not going uh, to. Work hard. Consider the ant. I mean, they just keep on working. I believe in this so much I could talk about it. All night. Is my watch broken? I got 15 more minutes. Is it five after? Oh, good. I will talk about it. I believe in hard work. I believe in hospitality, which is hard work. In America, we have this problem. People aren't very hospitable anymore. It's just a modern thing within the last 30, 50 years. They're so isolated. They don't have people in their homes hardly Ever. That's one thing I, I, I'm blessed about Kenya. is like you guys are very hospitable. You'll have people in your home. You'll give them chai. You'll give them mandazi. You bust out a chicken and chop its head off right in front of them. We're going to cook a cuckoo. We need to be. We need to work hard. And rest is so much more sweet when you work hard. So much more sweet. Just wanted a scripture all throughout our church. And in this room over here, we have all the tools. We have a lot of tools. Don't steal them, but we have a lot of tools in here. And we put scripture everywhere now. We're putting scripture everywhere because we want to be reminded of things. And as you go in there, it's Colossians 3.23. Whatever work you do, do it as unto the Lord and not for men. And that principle that is being talked about in Colossians is actually indicated in this portion of scriptures when it says that the ant has no captain. Now understand something. The ant has a queen. There is a queen ant that gets to rule the other ant colony, and they do the bidding of the queen. It's not saying that ants don't have leadership. 
when it says they have no captain. It's, it, so the, the indication here is that the and along with this principle being spoken of in Colossians 3.23 is we are to do hard work with no captain in sight because we have a Lord that we're working for. And, and so this, this ant doesn't have a captain, but she has royalty that rules over them. We have earthly bosses, and so often our earthly bosses aren't around to keep us into check uh, uh, be, be, because when our bosses are around, we tend to work harder. So we need to recognize that though we may not always have a captain overseeing us, and that is that our bosses are overlooking us, that we have royalty that commands us, and that is the Lord God himself. So important. It is a big, big issue. Um, I was reading one of those dumb books that are riddled all throughout the world, the, the, the Donald Trump, how to get rich, you know. I, I, I didn't buy it. I was reading it at the grocery store while I was waiting for Kelsey's sh shopping. I should have been helping her, sorry. And I'm just reading like a little bit of it. Sometimes I don't do it anymore, but I rip off the plastic so I can read a few pages. That's wrong. It's like pirating a movie. And we don't do that anymore, do we, church? The, I was reading this Richard Branson, who's this billionaire, and, and he um, is in charge of, or he's the owner of Virgin Airlines. And something, I mean, you know, a squirrel finds an air corn every now and again, you know, a dog gets its bones. So some of these things that these guys say, though they're pagans, are true. And one of the things he said is, businesses that have absent presidents or owners don't do as well as when they have their owners who are present with their workers. He said, you want a successful business, you got to be present. You have to be present. And so, I realize when you connect Colossians 3.23, what it's talking about here is that the reason for that is because of lack of morality, of work ethic. It's a sinful thing that we work harder when our bosses are around. It's not, it, it doesn't come from God. It comes from the flesh. And we need to realize that though the ant has no captain, we need to consider them and they're always working because they have royalty that commands them, which is the queen bee. No, it's a queen ant. And um, I think I was thinking of Beyonce, sorry. I wasn't thinking of Beyonce. In Colossians 3.23, it says, whatever work you do, do it as unto the Lord and not for men. Our work, though we have bosses, though we have captains, though we have commanders, ultimately is for the Lord. So the incentive, when, when a nation is disincentivized, it's because they get low pay. And so you go to a duca and you find a lady behind the duca like this. What do you want? It's probably because she's getting paid 8,000 shillings a month. 
And she has been disincentivized into make sure whatever she does in terms of her work is done with excellence because she's not working primarily for that money or for the person or the boss. She's working for the Lord himself. I, uh, there was this guy that when we were building, you always need these guys running around and getting things for people who know how to do things. And there was this guy, we kept him on way too long. He always seemed to work hard in front of me. But the moment I left and you come back three hours and you're like, you really didn't get anything done. What's, what's going on here? It's like, yeah, no, I've been, I've been working. You know, this is tough work. All right. Well, it happened so much that I'm just it's like, so he's, he's doing some digging over on the side. And it had, he had been digging so much that like nothing got done after two, three hours. So one day, I just, I normally don't spy on people. I'm not that kind of weirdo. But I left. I'm like, I know he's not working. So I left like I was going out and I just drove around the other side and I kind of parked over there. He didn't see me. As soon as I'm out of sight, the shovel stops. He's leaning on it like this. So I come around, and he's leaning on the shovel, on his phone, and I start videoing him. Because he was lying to me this whole time. He ends up, like, gets off his, you know, because leaning on a shovel is not that comfortable. He throws the shovel over there, and he sits down, and he's on the phone. I thought he, I think he's playing a game, because he's like... I couldn't bear it. I was like, 15 minutes later. He's still sitting down doing nothing. Now, guys, we believe in breaks. Everybody gets an hour break. I'm not trying to be unreasonable. But he just got to work that day. It's like 9.40, you know, 9 o'clock in the morning. So I go on. And nothing got done. I come back like three hours later. It's like, dude, you didn't do anything. He's like, yeah, I've been digging the whole time. Showed him the video. <laughs> He's like... I busted. I said, man, you're just, we can't work with you no more. You're fired. He left, and he left with like five of our tools and never came back. The point is, he was not working hard when I was around, when I wasn't around because he didn't have a Lord he was working for, Jesus Christ. Guys, not only are, are you defrauding the Lord, you're stealing from your boss if you work for a company, if you're playing solitaire hours of...